Amen. In Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7. After speaking to the church in Ephesus, Jesus says, he who, has ear, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, it's an amazing thing. I, I have sat in classes before, and I have heard the teacher saying something, but I didn't really hear what the teacher was saying. It was almost just noise. My mind was in Sheridan land, somewhere else. And I could look at them, but the whole time, there's noise coming, but I'm not hearing. This year, we want to know, what does it mean to listen to what the Spirit has to say? Jesus has to admonish us to do that. You know why? It won't just happen. Just like me sitting in those classes, I have a decision. Am I really going to listen? Or am I just going to hear noise? As we go throughout this year, we're going to first start with the seven churches in Revelation. Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. So we'll take one church a week for the next seven weeks. And the whole time we're going to do this, I'm going to get personal. I'm going to get personal about me, but I'm going to get personal about us here. Because what I'm going to pick out from these lessons to these churches, and then after we do that, we're going to chronologically work our way through the epistles. And every week I'll choose two, maybe three points from an epistle, but it's going to be personal. It's going to be what applies to you and to me here in Staten Island. We're not going to talk about, you know, well, in the Romans they had to deal with that. Yeah, I'll let you know what the Romans had to deal with. I want to know what the Staten Islanders have to deal with, to hear what the Spirit has to say. We've been given this word. Why? Because the Spirit is talking to us. The issue is not, will he speak? The issue is, will we listen? Will we open our hearts and our ears and our minds to what is being said? Will we not relegate it to, well, the Thessalonian church really, and the Corinthian church? No. What does the Staten Island church need to listen to? I want you guys to pray for me in this. I can fill up space. But you don't need me to fill up space. What you need me to do is to convey what the Spirit has said. You need me to teach you to obey what the Spirit has said. That's what Jesus said. And after, you know, all these conversations I've been having with us, you know, it's amazing. We are a knowledgeable group. But we're not an obedient group. We know the right thing. We know what to do. It's carrying through and doing it. And Jesus knew that ahead of time. That's why he told his disciples, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yay, we've done that. No, we haven't. Because he says, teach them to obey. Don't make them full of knowledge. Make them live a life. Make them experience a life. That I came to bring them. And that can only happen when we hear what the Spirit says. And then 
yield ourselves, what the Spirit says. So, it will be personal time. I get conversation with people, you know, day in and day out. I'll hear things. Boy, this person is such a resentful person. You need to go tell that person that. Don't tell me. Go tell them that. And then have them look at scriptures. How do you justify that? Not in a judgmental way, but but call them to listen to what the Spirit says. I'm a resentful person. Left to myself, I'm not going to do a thing to get right with anyone. Left to myself. But the minute I say, Jesus is Lord, and I open up the Bible, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, guess what? Sheridan's going to do some repenting here. You know why? Because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He's not a religious figure. He is the Lord of my life. So I have to do that. And he tells me, Sheridan, I want to forgive you. I love you. But I will not forgive you if you do not forgive others. Amen. Because heaven's not going to be a place where resentment has even a little bit of time to change. There's no change there. You've got... And there are other things I can talk about. So, we will be very personal. Not mean, but I want us to be honest and let's talk. Because I believe that we're here to serve God. To follow Jesus. And so let's really talk what that means. Can we do that perfectly? No. No. But I tell you what, we're always going to step up to the plate and take a swing. That we can do. In baseball, a guy has a 300 batting average. You think, oh, man, the only guy gets a hit out of every three times. That's lousy. No one else can do any better. But what does he do? He keeps stepping up that plate. And that's something he can do. Maybe he can't hit it every time, but he can definitely step up to that plate. Jesus said, follow me. Not wait, not think, not prepare. Follow him. And then he will take care of us. So that's where we're headed. Boy, it's quiet in here. Okay. I'm going to make sure I don't tell anyone anything. He'll talk about that. No, you're not going to be called out on that. But I am going to talk about general conversations that I hear. Because I don't want us to look. I'm not going to be looking. Even the first thing, what I was praying today in preparing this, I prayed, God, help me listen to you first. Help me. Oh, that's a big danger I can have. I can come in here and try and help you all out. But man, if it's not part of me first, it is a mockery to God himself. And he'll find somebody that will be faithful to him and preach his word by first applying it to themselves. So I prayed that with much fear and intrepidation here. And I'm ready to go. Okay? So why are we going to do this? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go. We're going to do this because it's just great being afraid, isn't it? No, that's not why we're going to do this, all right? I know you're quiet. It's like every time someone says something like this, bad things happen. No, good things happen. Good things happen. You know the beautiful thing about change is you get to change. Isn't that the beautiful thing? You know the most frustrating thing about change is when you don't know where you've got to change. And you know I ought to change, but I don't know what to change. Something's rotten in Denmark. So guess what? Once you know what you can change... You're halfway there. You're half- and then what's the point? It's the scripture I left with the last time we were together, which seems like a year ago, all right? A year and 27 inches of snow ago, all right? Um, 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the glory of the new covenant. This is what Christ has brought. God used the old covenant, but the new covenant of Christ. And he talks about that some people can't see the glory because they're blinded. But he goes, here's the promise for us. He goes, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Where the Lord is, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. That's why we're going to do this. The Spirit's going to talk. He's going to set us free. You know what? Freedom is something you are set free from, but you're set free to. We're going to be set free from our limitations of the way we view God. We're going to be set free from our fears and our doubts. Once you try and do it on your own, follow Jesus on your own, that's all you're going to have is fear and doubt. That's all. Because you're not with Him. You're trying to do things. He doesn't want that way. He wants you to follow Him. But it's like, I'm going to only do it on my own power, my own understanding. And so what do you have? Fear and doubt. And you were created to live in fear and doubt. Fear and doubt is the result of a God-less life. Not a God-honoring and filled life. But we all need to be set free from that. We're going to be set free from funny feelings with each other. I don't quite feel great about this, that, and the other. We're going to be set free from developing these attitudes that we can be able to deal with quick if we just would. But who liked that? Have you ever seen a happy, resentful person? <laughs> That's almost like a square circle, isn't it? There's no such thing. You don't see a happy, hateful person, happy, resentful person, happy, even prideful person. They're not happy. They're always got to keep their pride up and look a certain way. They're stressed. We're going to be set free from this if we listen to the Spirit. I'm not going to be able to set you free. I can't set myself free. The Spirit of God can if I listen to Him. Sheridan, if you have ears, hear what He's saying. I want you to do that. But not only will you be set free from this, you're going to be set free to become. God is not interested in voids and vacuums. John, I want you to not do this, 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 this. There. Have a happy life. That's not God. He isn't about not doing. Oh, yeah, there are things not do. But for every not do, here's who you become that replaces the stuff you shouldn't be. Is it any wonder why Peter had all words and mouth and I'll, I'll die for you, Lord. And then he denies Jesus. Okay? But who did Jesus make him into? On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, it's Peter who stands up in front of a crowd of over 3,000 says, you crucified the Christ. There's no denial now. What happened to Peter? The Spirit of God got hold of him. He listened to the Spirit. You see, it wasn't Peter, don't be a coward. It's like, Peter, I will empower you to become courageous. The Apostle John, we call him the Apostle of Love. 
Do you know what his solution was when he was initially started following Jesus in a Samaritan village? He wouldn't let them cross over? Torch them. Let's just burn them. God shall, I mean, Jesus shall, we call down fire on heaven from these guys. What? I mean, this is not your good humor man, all right? This is not the guy you have on the welcome wagon, all right, greeting people into the community. The guy was, you know, this is human. And he's now the apostle love. Read his epistles. My gosh, children love one another. Love each other. Love this. Love that. What happened to this guy? He got tampered with. That's what happened. The Holy Spirit of God set him free to become who he was created to. We were all created to love one another deeply and unconditionally. That's what we were created to do. Not to, We were created to be courageous about truth and stand for what's right. We were created to live pure lives. We were created to work together. All these things that we are set free to become. God is not interested in you just not doing things in your life. Who are you going to be? And He called you to be like Christ. I am so thankful He didn't say, Sheridan... Go be loving. What does that mean? Basically, he would have left it in my definition of loving. Right? If he had said that. So what does he do? I got a great idea. I will become flesh. And I will show them how to love. Sheridan, follow me. Now I know how to love. I used to think love was just being nice to people. <laughs> Hi, Hassan, how are you? <laughs> Nick, what did you want me to do? You want me to do like that? That's, Nick has been dying for me to do that. So I, 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 did I dap it right? Did I just, I said, hey, hey, the old guy's got some. <laughs> Don't count me out, baby. You know, I mean, I would think that love is just being a good guy. And then I saw how Jesus loved people. And I realized there were times I was a good guy and I consigned people to defeat and to untruth and to their own devices. He taught me, go in and say something. People may not like it. You know what? But if you care more about them than you do your own self and being likable, if it's from the Word of God, I mean, don't be a jerk. You know, this is my opinion. But if it's from the Word of God, you're trying to rescue a soul. Love means you go ahead and get involved. And if it comes back, it comes back. You keep loving, you keep caring, but you care enough to tell people what is true and not just what's you know, peaceful. Does that make sense? Guys, if I didn't see Jesus and follow him in the scripture spirit, I never would have come up with that on my own. I would be the type of guy, I wouldn't say a thing to you. Your life gets messed up. Hey, it happens to everyone, doesn't it? That is not love. Love takes a step forward. So, Why are we going to do all this? We're going to be set free from, and we're going to be set free to become. And that's what true freedom is. As we grow in these areas, the stress, the doubt, the fear starts lessening and lessening. And the hold on us starts letting go.
But here's what we have to do in order to do that. We've got to hear the Spirit, right? We've got to be open to Him. We've got to, I have ears to hear. And you know what? What you're going to hear is not always what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you that right now. And any of us who have had a great relationship with our parents and stuff, we also know that our parents at times didn't always tell us what we wanted to hear, right? You know why? They had a bigger brain than we did. And they said, that's not good. Uh-uh, you're not going to do it. You're going to learn how to do this. Oh, you're cruel. Oh, how do you? No, I love you enough. You don't understand. So God is the great parent of all. But what we've got to do, let's clear the playing field. Let's kind of unclutter our ears so that we can hear what the Spirit says. Three things I want to challenge us to do here in order to hear. Number one is I want us to deal with the lack of importance we give the Word of God. Now let's go over to Matthew 13, chapter. Now, Sheridan, why do you say every person here thinks the Bible is the Word of God? I don't doubt that, guys. And you know what? There have been times in my best time I have uh, thought, wow, uh, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm doing the right thing and all that. But I realized the actions I was taking were kind of skirting the real issues in my life. Sometimes, in, in, instead of dealing with something in my life... Like if I had a, a problem with Eric here, I don't, you know, I, I, I've got resentment. What I'll do, I'll just go around and start helping the son and, you know, Raymond and all that. See, God, I'm doing all this good stuff. Well, that's good stuff. But what's the real issue? Mm-hmm. Real issue is I still need to go back to my brother here, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what the Word of God says. So we believe that the Bible's the Word of God. Maybe we don't. Okay, and that's some, let's, let, let's talk about that. But as a fellowship, that's one of our core beliefs. God has spoken. He's left us His Word. The Spirit is speaking to us. But where do we give importance to that? We all know that's a good thing. Let me tell you, how important is that to you? Jesus, when talking, when asked why He spoke in parables, He says this in Matthew 13. And in verse 11, he says, he replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous, they hardly hear with their eyes, and they have closed their, their, uh, hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. What is he saying? Jesus spoke in parables to find out who thought it was important enough to listen. You know what the listener would do? They would hear that parable and go, that makes no sense to me. What do you mean? They would take the initiative. That's what a good student does. A good student doesn't just sit there and absorb things. They engage and take a step forward. Jesus came to give us the choice to come home to God. Not to force that on anybody. But it's up to us to decide, is that important or not? 
When we, when we get around to it one day to find out what the Spirit has to say, it's not important then. You know what? We made it, I made a decision, I guess about a year, six months ago. I can't even remember. That's, being 61 gives me that, 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 that excuse to say that. But, you know, I would come early and do a teacher service thing, you know, to give, give a little synopsis of the sermon. That was a joke. I was trying to think of a kinder way to say it. It was a joke. Some people would show up regularly. Some. But not it. People wouldn't. They wouldn't show up. So what would happen is they would come, they would teach, and then we'd follow up and people weren't listening to the messages. And you know what? I don't, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Seriously. I'm not the best preacher. I'm not the worst preacher. It doesn't hurt my feelings, but I'm talking about if Daniel preaches, John preaches, anyone. Something like that. We have a guest speaker. Why wouldn't you go, if you miss something, why wouldn't you do that? Unless you just don't want to hear. It's just not important. It's just not important. And that was the issue. So I said, look, we're not going to do the teacher service. You can hear it online. I'll put it totally between them and God, which is where it needs to be anyway. I didn't do it because, I, again, I was hurt or anything like that, but I thought... Oh my goodness, it's just not important. I, I, I know we're all busy. I understand that. I understand that. My phone can start ringing first thing in the morning and I think, okay, either I'm going to spend time with God or I'm going to start getting involved in things and stacking it up. I'm not that good, guys. I don't have that much wisdom. I can't, I can't point you. I cannot get you out of this auditorium in a spiritual manner if I haven't spent time with God. I just, it just, that's just not how it works, okay? I've got, it, that's how important it is. We have people here that get up at 4.30 in the morning. Why? So they could have their quiet time and then go to work. Man, they could get a lot more sleep. But why do they do it? It's important. If something's not important, you will not listen. If I were to tell you today, I can tell you how in a week you can make $50,000. If all of a sudden your attention got riveted, rather than the scripture I just read, you've got to ask yourself what's really going on here. You've got to be honest. got to be honest. So if we're going to listen to what the Spirit has to say, you know what? We've got to do that. And you know what happens? It, 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 it's kind of amazing, but later on in Luke... And uh, verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 34, Jesus is talking about the impending doom coming on Jerusalem. And that's not going to happen for another 40 years. But he says, you know, it's going to happen. And notice what's going to happen to some of the people. In verse 34, even though he has talked and he has said it, he said in verse 34, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. You know what the real issue was? It wasn't going to be important enough for them to remember what the Spirit had said. That's the real issue. And so when the time comes... And everything, they're full of anxiety. They're all involved, and all of a sudden, boom, this happens to them. 
They knew it was going to happen. He said it was going to happen. It just wasn't important. It was one of several things. Guys, I want to make sure. Look, if you believe the Bible, if you believe Jesus Christ, Son of God, then it's important. It is ultimate. Every time someone does something, every communion, they open the Bible. Speak to me, Lord. Every sermon, speak to me. And again, this is not kudos for me. I'm saying anyone that does it. Man, on Tuesday nights when we're together and someone cracks it, do it. When you get together one-on-one and you share what you're learning, what the Spirit is saying, open your heart to it. But if it's not important, you will not hear. And your life will be filled with anxiety, doubt, tentativeness, apprehension, and self-indulgence. And you're left to yourself at that point. That's not what God wants. Second, we're going to hear. We need to go after our sacred cows. Hebrews chapter 3. What is a sacred cow, you may ask? A sacred cow, similar to the uh, when the Israelites made that golden calf out of gold that God had given them. God moved the Egyptians to give them the gold. So it was a gift of God. They turned right around and made the gift of God. In Ezekiel, the elders of Israel are approaching Ezekiel, and God says, Ezekiel, tell them to not approach. I won't listen to them because they have idols in their hearts. What's hidden in there that keeps you from honoring God and praising Him? What's in there that keeps you tentative in your discipleship? You need to ask yourself. Look in Hebrews 3, and your book of Hebrews is a great thing on how to stay strong, faithful. And faithful to the end. Because he's trying to help Christians that were thinking about quitting. Because it just got too hard. Verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, chapter 3. Today if you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. As you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Where your fathers tested and tried me. And for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. And they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There are sacred cows. There are things we hold on to that we will not budge. That are standing in the way of us really serving God. If I'm going to listen to the Spirit, I've got to bring that out to light. Because the only other thing I can do is harden my heart. And at that point, I put myself in an adversarial relationship with God, not a walking relationship. And that's not what God wants. Too often, people have held on to secret sins. Too often it's like, I will change anything but this. And you know, guys, please, for the love of the Lord Jesus, don't change a thing because I tell you to. Change everything that the Spirit of God says. If I read a scripture and it's in there and that, that convicts you, strap that one on. Take hold of that. That is God loving you. It hurts a little bit, but you know what? He's in the business of setting you free. Because that stuff is not making you happy, content. Isn't it a great life? 
You're tentative, apprehensive, and just kind of, oh boy, I hope it all works out. It's not the way you're supposed to live. What is the sacred cow? What, you know, I'm, I'm going to be having talks with people about schedules. Why? Because I want to know everything about you. No, no, I can't know everything about your life. There was a time when we started out, we said Jesus is Lord. We thought that meant in our time, too. I still believe that. I still believe He is Lord. Before I went into ministry and the job I was in, I had no vacation time. There was a seminar. I'm not going to miss that seminar. I told my boss, this is a personal, religious, conscious thing. Now, I will work Monday nights till 12 at night. Don't pay me time. I'll work Sunday afternoons between services. I had two services, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. I said, I will work all day Saturdays on this for the next month. I'll, I bargained because I let them know. Because you know what? I knew my Jewish friends and my Islamic friends could go in there and say one word and the employers would back up because they thought a civil suit was coming their way. Why in the world is it that Christians are known for a compromise? Is it because we have a 30 pieces of silver part of our history? Is that it? You know what, guys? I know sometimes things will happen and stuff, and I'm okay with that. I'm talking about just a general approach. Where are the times where you have a conviction and you just stand? Well, whatever happened, I might lose everything. You might. That's why, please, don't do it for me. But I can tell you this. Matthew 6 is still true. Don't worry. Seek, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Still true. Will we hear it? Are there, is there anything impurity? You name it. Whatever you sacred cow, please, brother and sister, if you're going to hear the Spirit, you've got, you've got to address those. All right? And you know, in all of the fear of doing that, you know what's going to happen? You get on the other side of that, you're free. You're free. So often people live in fear because I'll get exposed. The best way to do that, go ahead and get exposed. Nothing to be afraid of anymore. And now you live in hope. Had a friend of mine, part of a fraternity. And uh, the fraternity's custom is when you got engaged, all the fraternity brothers would grab you throw you in a car, take you to the middle of the University of Florida campus with this pond, they'd all grab and throw you in the middle of the pond, you know, fully clothed. That was how they congratulated you on, you know, getting engaged, all right? So, my friend knew he's getting engaged, he got engaged, and he knew that his fraternity brothers were going to come do it. So he waited, and he just kind of went along with them, and so they brought him, and they brought him up to the, you know, uh, to the pond. They opened the car door, and he jumped out of the car door, and ran, jumped in the pond. <laughs> they were cussing, swearing, all of this stuff. I mean, it just totally infuriated them because they didn't get the throw. He just went ahead and did it. Now it's over, <laughs> and he's feeling pretty good about himself. And they're the ones all angry and stuff. It's humorous, it is. But in a similar story, what about if we just came out and didn't hide anything, just kept going out in life? There you go, Satan. You thought you could intimidate me. 
Here I am. I have nothing to be afraid of. I don't have to be anxious and worried. Oh, if I, maybe I say the right now. Here I am. Freedom. Come on. Feels great. Last thing for us to listen to the Spirit. Let me use a word that I hate, but the Bible does use it. We can't be a coward. I hate the word coward. You know why I hate it? Because I've been it. That's why I hate it. To me, it just, it, it just, uh, I don't like it. I like, you know, fear. Oh, I have some fear. You know what? There's no shame in being afraid. You are normal if you're afraid. You're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. I'm afraid. We're all afraid. There are things we're afraid of. My daughter jumped out of a perfectly good airplane and went skydiving with the guy, and he had set that up. That was how he was going to ask her to marry him. I'm standing there. I was going to surprise her and be there, but I'm going, Lord, what in the world am I doing? She's 10,000 feet up there. He goes out first. You, you see nothing at that point. Then I see a parachute. And I rejoice. Amen. That parachute opened. But I'm a little more looking at what's the next one. <laughs> My daughter. God took the fear gene out of her or something. I don't understand that. You take me up in a plane. Bodies are going out that plane before you get me out, baby. I, I, I'm going to be as Christian as I can, but I'm taking folks with me and I'm screaming the whole way. You understand? I will, man, my, I'll dig holes in that wing and I tail. I will make a complete fool out of myself because I'm not doing it. <laughs> Scared to death of that stuff. That's okay. <clears throat> I'm scared sometimes to talk to somebody and have an unpleasant talk. That's okay. I'm scared to take a stand sometime. That's okay. See, all of that's normal. You're fine. You're okay. Cowardice, though, is when we decide to let fear keep us from doing the right thing. Do the right thing and be afraid the whole time. That's okay. God bless you. You weren't a coward. But when you know the right thing needs to get done and you decide to call fear Lord rather than Jesus Lord, now that, that is where cowardice is. John 12. John 12. Sometimes people like to take stands where you don't have a stand. Don't take a stand on an opinion. You know, well, I'm going to fight for this. Oh my goodness, come on, man. Listen to what the Spirit said. That's all what I'm saying. Don't be cantankerous. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be. But if something the Spirit has said, you need to do, if you have, that means you talk to somebody, there, that's what you do. This is one of the most sad uh, scriptures to me. And it's in uh, John 12, verse 42. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. Yet because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith. For fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. These are religious people. These are people that should have known better. But because they were afraid, they wanted the praise of men more than the praise of God. 
they became a coward. Their sin was not fearing, having fear. That's normal being a human. Their sin was there was a time that was a right thing to do, and fear kept them to do that. When we're preaching, you know what? I'm taking myself on the edge of the sword. I'm sliding down the razor blade into a vat of iodine, okay? When it comes to listening to what the, the Spirit says, because I know everything that I preach, God's going to look at me first. And God's going to expect that more from me than from anything for you guys. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm heading into rough. I've already been in rough waters. It's going to be, because you know, some of the things we're going to be surfacing, I don't know everything yet. It's going to be something. But here's the thing. The real issue is, Sheridan, will you be a coward? Or will you be faithful? I'll be afraid. But you know what? If the Spirit says it, I'm going to do it. And that's what all of us, I want all of us to do. This year, be praying about that, guys. Be praying. We all have ears to hear. Let us hear what the Spirit says to Staten Island. Okay? Let's make the Word of God important. Let's deal with any sacred cow. Come into the light. And let's not be a coward. You know the quickest way to overcome cowardice? Love. Love God more, and you won't be a coward. It's the easiest way. Don't try and not be fearful. No, no, no. Just try loving God more. Ask Him to do that. Read your Bible. Become more impressed. And guess what? You won't be a coward. All right? We're going to have a great time. Fellowships.